Currently, 17% of retired Americans are millionaires. In other words, looking at it from another angle, 17 out of every 100 people are millionaires at 65 years old. There's a very good chance that you are friends or have a relative that is a millionaire. The question today is, do you want to be one? Today, Dave will discuss 10 ways to help you win with money and make it to that threshold. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. Today's episode is all about becoming a millionaire. And Dave has 10 different ways that you can use. You don't need to do all 10 of them, but will help get you on that way to be a millionaire. So the question we have for you today is, do you want to become a millionaire or do you want to be a multimillionaire? Maybe it's not all vanity, but Dave, go ahead and take it away. Well, thanks, Nate. And thank you again, as always, for being part of listening to my podcast. I'm going to share real briefly just myself, how it came about. You know, when I began my financial journey as a kid, and I was a kid, I had no idea where it would lead. Frankly, I think I just liked seeing my bank account grow. Yeah, who doesn't like that? That's right. Yeah, it, it's kind of fun. So somehow, intrinsically, seeing that balance succeed was very rewarding to me. It wasn't until I graduated from college in 1977, though, that I became a systematic saver, and that became real, and I was able to put a real focus towards growing my financial assets. I finally had a plan, and that was to save regularly, and then after I accumulated two to $3,000, I'd invest those savings into a more risky, but also more rewarding or profitable way. I purchased mutual funds to begin with, and then eventually I bought my first single-family home as a rental. How about you? Do you have a plan to save? Then what? Do you have a plan to invest some of that and reap the rewards for being a good steward of your money? Well, today I'm going to share some concrete ways to succeed and win with money. And my hope is that you too can reach retirement with a great nest egg and have the retirement that you've always wanted. And for some of you, that may mean you will reach the $1 million milestone or even more. Let me ask you this question, Dave, before we dive into the 10 different ways to get to a million dollars. When you were graduating in 1977, right. when you were young on your journey, if I was to ask you then, will you be a millionaire? What do you think your answer would be? Absolutely not. <laughs> you didn't believe it? No. I didn't know, you know, that was a long time ago now, and a million dollars just seemed like way out of my range. I just couldn't even conceive of it because, again, I had a very low income. <laughs> yeah. My, my first year out, man, uh, well, I told you in one of my podcasts, you know, I'd, I'd take home like $150 a week. I mean, it was, it was pretty low. Yeah. You wouldn't think you'd get to a million dollars taking home 100 a week, yeah. but- Slowly, you made a little bit more, not a lot more. You did make a little bit more, but then also you're really smart with it and you started young and you saved That's consistently, right. as you mentioned, mutual funds. 
you know, you bought the single family home at a really good price as a rental, which you've had for what, 30 years, 30 plus years? Oh yeah, almost 40 years. Yeah. To talk about that million dollar milestone, I'll tell you what I do remember very specifically. I was, uh, I think my first year out of college and I actually went to a financial planner. I needed to get insurance. At least I thought I did. But the other thing I remember specifically saying, and I, and I thought, okay, again, this was 1978, 1979, something like that. I wrote down a piece of paper, if I had $300,000 and I could get 10% return on my money, that would be $30,000 a year. I could live on that for the rest of my life. And honestly, that was, at the time, that was reasonable. I, $30,000 a year for the rest of my life. And my goal was to have... 300,000 by age 40, I would stop working and live off that for the rest of my life. Well, the couple things happened to change that. And uh, one of them was when I was thinking that through, the interest rates on CDs were like 15 and 16%. So I knew I could get 10%. Wow. Well, you know for sure you do not get that on CDs right now. You might get one and a half, two percent 2% for a one year CD. Times change, things happen. And that 10% would not have lasted because the average that you want to pull out of your account once you retire is about 4%. And you know, my, generally, I get about 7% overall every year, year in, year out. I take out 4% and I have a 3% growth factor overall. In, so every year, my net worth grows more. But my point is, a million dollars was way beyond my reach, I thought. I couldn't even conceive of that. But I did think that I could receive, I could grow to 300,000. But what happened was a couple of things. One was as I got older, I realized that wasn't enough. And the other reason was I got married and I had children. Yeah. And uh, that all of a sudden was not even close to what I needed to you know, really stop working and uh, retire early, like the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. That was kind of my goal before that wasn't even a, a term that I'd ever heard of. But, you know, life happens and, and your, your little goal, your, my little goal is going to be totally different, but that doesn't matter. What's important that I'm trying to teach is that you get focused on saving for retirement, saving for your future goals and needs, and it'll change your life. So let me give you 10 things that will help you to, on your goal to becoming a millionaire or whatever that number is. And my hope from this one podcast is not that you're going to remember all 10, but one of them, just one will jump out and say, yep. That's what I can do. I can do this. And this will help me to win with money. Such a good point. All right, let's go. Automate. On my third podcast, I spoke on a subject that I think is critical if you can win with money. Make it automated was the title. And by doing that with your savings for your future, you eliminate forgetting to save this month. Or worse yet, it keeps you from not putting aside money that month because you don't think you have enough. I'm here to say that if you automate it, you are essentially paying yourself first, not last, or even worse, not at all. Does that make sense? Pay yourself first, not last. The second tip I'm going to give you today is budgeting. This is super important, especially if you're just getting started. This is easily done by using an Excel type spreadsheet and tracking your money to where it's going, both coming in and going out. Now, there are some great apps out there that can help you with this. So I don't need to give you any specifics because you could just type that in, you know, a budget, how to budget for family or whatever it is. I will tell you, 
I actually didn't do an Excel spreadsheet because I didn't have those when I started. I just used one sheet of paper and like a uh, legal sheet of paper. I wrote it down on pencil and paper and that's all I needed. And that's all you really need. But again, you have more better equipment today. Yeah, that's a great point. And then, uh, you know, I know Dave didn't mention any apps, but uh, Mint.com is one of the ones I've used. It's a free app that essentially tracks everything going out from all of your accounts. And uh, it's great to see and has a great budgeting feature as well. Yeah, I agree with that one. It is a really good one because it gives you visuals, not just numbers. It shows you like in pie charts and up and down graphs. It gives you a a real clean perspective on how you're doing and and it allows you to do your net worth as well. All right, the next one is HSA. Has anyone heard of that? Well, in the That particular three initials means, in my book, health savings account. And not everybody can do this, but if you have that option with your company, consider it. I had that for the last few years before I did retire. I think it was six or seven, eight years, and it was really good. The reason it's good is you get a tax deduction. Your funds do not expire and roll over yearly versus like a FSA or flexible spending account which is good, but if you don't use it, you lose it. So the funds you deposit can be invested in certain mutual funds and it will help it grow. And you are not taxed on that growth when you use it for medical expenses. Yeah, so that's the main thing is you can essentially put that money away without paying taxes on it and use it for, well, unfortunately, everyone has medical expenses. Right. So again, think about it. You get a tax credit when you put the money in And then you don't get taxed on it when it's growing and you don't get taxed on it when you take it out versus like a a traditional IRA. Every time you take money out of that traditional IRA, the government's going to get a percentage of it. With the HSA, a health savings account, there's not a tax. It's really a good product if you can get it with your work. All right, the next one is credit card interest. Sorry to say this, but this is one of the worst ways to throw your hard-earned money away. When you carry a balance on your credit cards, you are losing with money. Sorry to be so frank, but it is true. Yeah, and just to summarize, just to clarify this point, credit card interest comes when your credit card statement comes up and let's say you have $1,000 on the statement and you only pay back 500 at the due date. Well, that means that that $500, you're going to have to be paying really high interest on that. So we're not discouraging credit cards. Unless, of course, you can't handle a credit card and you you have a spending problem. We're mainly discouraging never spend more than you can pay back the following month. That's right. And remember, today I'm talking about how to become a millionaire. And not every one of these subjects that I'm bringing up is how to grow your money. But by saying credit card interest, it's actually a way to grow your money because you're spending less. So you're actually getting more money at the end of the month. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Large purchases is my next topic. When you buy something like a house or a car, or if I used to buy a car in Boston, choose to live below your means. What I mean by that is that you buy a house that doesn't stretch your budget to the limit. For example, if you're considering a $400,000 home, could you buy a fixer-upper for $250,000? and create sweat equity along the way. You know, some of you, and maybe many of you, would actually like doing that. You know, taking an older fixer-upper house, and over a period of a year or two, or four or five years, 
put your sweat equity in and you and your your spouse or your partner, you know, fix up a room at a time and make it the way you want it to be. It's very rewarding. And for some of you that are good with your hands or just want to try something like that, you can really grow the equity in your property extremely quick. Now, the other thing that I wanted to bring up in this example of a large purchase is don't buy a car for $30,000. That is until you're well on your way to financial freedom. When a good used car for five dollars or $10,000 would work just fine. Remember, your goal is not to keep up with the Joneses. It's to win with money. The next subject is surprises. Every once in a while, I might even say rarely, but in any case, every once in a while, you get a financial surprise. Money that was not planned. Maybe from a canceled insurance policy or a bonus from work that you were not expecting to get or promoted or changed jobs and now you're making significantly more. Those are examples of financial surprises and my suggestion is to put at least some of it to good use for your future. Invest in yourself and put it towards your retirement. The next one that you can win with money is to catch up contributions. And what that is, is, you know, you're putting money away every year towards your retirement at your work. But once you hit 50 years old, you can put extra contributions into your 401k at work to the tune of an extra $6,500. Think about that. That one example will grow your nest egg out of the park. An extra $6,500 for 15 years at 7% is an additional $175,000. That's just that extra payment, and it's not counting any money you've already contributed to your 401k. One thing I'd like to add on that is we talk a lot about saving early, saving young. Well, this specifically speaks to those that are starting saving at a later age. So once you turn 50, you have that option to put in an additional $6,500 a year in your 401k. That's right. And so just think about that. You know, you worked from, say, 25 to 50, and, you know, you started saving and you're doing okay, but, you know, expenses get in the way, life get in the way. But like as Nate said, usually by age 50, you're at your peak earning years. Maybe some of your kids are out of the house if you have children, and you're actually, you know, banking quite a bit of money. So that $6,500 extra is actually doable for many people at that age bracket. And so again, if you put that extra $6,500, you maxed out your 401k for 15 years from say 50 to 65 at 7%, which is very doable you're going to have an extra $175,000 in your 401k. That's above and beyond what you had already contributed that first 25 years. Cool? Sounds good. All right, 401k match. I just shared about adding to your 401k when you turn 50, but before you, you get to that point, be sure to always put some money into your retirement plan, which is usually called a 401k or 403b. Now, if you're just getting started, you may not be able to max it out every year, but at least always match whatever your employer puts in. So if they match whatever you put in and their max is 5%, and this is the most common amount, most companies, the average is they'll pay up to 5% of what you put in, you would be investing 10% a year. That's awesome. And remember that 5% from work is in essence free money. Do it today if you've not signed up for that at work. The next one is diversity. As your savings grow and you begin to invest that money in real estate or say in the stock market, 
Be sure to diversify where your money is. For example, if all your money is in small cap stocks, small capitalization stocks, small businesses that are just beginning to grow, you could miss out on overseas mutual fund growth or large capitalization mutual funds that invest in different asset classes as an example. Yeah, so the focus there is you don't just put all your money in one section of the economy. In big companies, small companies, international companies, even bonds, the main thing is diversify. That's right. Yep. And the last one I'm going to share today is a side hustle. I bet most of you have heard of that now. That's a term that I did not know of when I was uh, a younger person, when I was in my 20s and 30s. Um, I was actually doing a side hustle, didn't realize it. I bought, you know, some real estate. I bought several rental houses. And today you'd call that a side hustle if you talk to the uh, millennials or Gen Xs today. But side hustle is, to me, number 10 on the list, but it could be the most important one on the list. Having a side hustle or a second job, you could say, that's kind of what I had, can potentially bust you out from being a slow and steady saver investor to a monster saver investor. The reason is, quote, you don't need this money. So you can put it all into products that grow over time, and this will accelerate your growth on your way to having $1 million in net worth. In this case, actually, my side hustle ended up being my full-time hustle Mm. after a few years. So nowadays, with the opportunities online or just the ability of starting your own, whether it be mowing lawns or Everyone has different talents, whether it be anything online, helping people with their website. Maybe you're a a programmer and you can do programming on the side. There's so many options available to so many people. So I'm just going to repeat. We're not going to go into detail again, but the 10 things that Dave mentioned, we're not asking you to do all 10. We're just hoping that at least maybe one or two of these really piques your interest and you kind of explore further. Mm -hmm. And so it's automate. Budget, an HSA, credit card interest, so definitely don't pay any credit card interest, large purchases, surprises, being ready for surprises, catch-up contributions, the 401k match, diversify, and Dave ended with side hustle. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to just share one thing. It just popped in my head. It wasn't something I had planned on saying, but side hustle. I, I live in a, you could say, a pretty nice neighborhood. It's, it's a really cool neighborhood, and I've got to know a lot of friends. And I met this guy. He's probably 45 years old. He moved from, I think it was Las Vegas. His wife had a uh, pretty good job, I guess, uh, in, as some kind of a financial planner type person for a company. And when I met him, we were playing pickleball, and he ha- didn't have a job. He uh, basically was, uh, he must have left his job in Las Vegas because his wife had a good enough job. So he... Two years ago, he started a business in our community to mow lawns. Now, let me tell you, this neighborhood, you would not think of a guy that lives in the neighborhood that I live in would start mowing yards. But this guy, it didn't matter because he had a plan. And over the last two years, this guy has grown this business incredibly. I mean, incredibly. Everybody knows who this guy is because he's personable. He's friendly. He does what he says he's going to do. And now he has a very, very profitable and successful business. He has people working for him, several of them. And he did it in two years. Wow. So so you don't have to be a PhD in uh, aerospace engineering. You don't have to knock it out of the park, you know, in education necessarily. 
I mean, they don't hurt. But what I'm saying is, find something you love to do. This guy just loves working on his yard and, and making something look better. He was very personable, and uh, he's killing it in two years. So you can do that. That's a great example. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. All right. So let me share three things to close for today. I shared how I got started saving and investing regularly, and now it's your turn. Make a plan and implement it this week. Second, credit card interest payments will suck the life out of your cash, and this is very preventable. The best way to prevent those awful payments is to use cash only. And if you are very disciplined and use a credit card, just always pay your monthly balance in full every time. Third, remember the story today is 10 ways to reach a million dollars. As you may have noticed, it's not all save, save, save. It also means how to cut expenses, how to put your money to work and invest it, and how to save on taxes. These all help you in your journey towards winning with money. Yeah, I think you left a really good variety of examples between side hustle and making money to saving, cutting back, to taking advantage of investment opportunities. Quite a plethora to choose from. Well, thank you, Nate. Last thing I always do is I ask you to take action. Today, you heard of ways to cut back expenses, like the credit card thing, don't pay those credit cards, and also to grow your money, like a side hustle. Now, it's your turn to put it into action in your own life. Make today that you change your attitude and change the way you think about money. Start today by using one of the ways I discussed, and you will be one way closer to winning with money. Okay, that wraps up today's episode. We hope it was helpful for you and you hopefully took one or two pointers that you can leave with. And we hope that in every episode that maybe there's one thing or two things that really catches your interest to explore further or to push you forward. And uh, that's why Dave, that's what Dave's doing is he wants to coach you along the way to get to the next level. So we want to remind you, reach out to Dave anytime at savelikedave.com. He's happy to answer your questions. There's a contact form on there. We don't have any products to sell or anything. Uh, You don't pay any money. It's just Dave helping out out of the generosity of his heart. Next week's episode, many in the current generation of adults are struggling to win with money. So if they're struggling, what about their kids? They're most probably heading to the financial abyss, unfortunately. Well, Dave has news for you. Many of the next generation kids are more wise than we had originally thought. So anyone with kids, take a listen. This podcast may be just what the doctor ordered. In a little role reversal, you may just learn something from them. Come hear what Dave has to say on next week's episode. And Dave has a scripture that he's going to share with us as we close. All right. Today's scripture is 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment.